Hello and welcome to another episode of Future of Tax, the KPMG podcast series for tax leaders. In a special new series, we'll be bringing you perspectives on innovation and technology as it relates to gender equality within specific business functions across KPMG. In today's episode, and to lead the tax discussion, I'm pleased to hand the mic over to Susie Cook, Global Tax Transformation Services Leader at KPMG International and partner at KPMG in Canada for this special International Women's Day episode. Susie, over to you. Thanks for the introduction. I'm joined today by Emily Spinks, who is a Global Tax Transformation Director with KPMG International, and she's also a director with KPMG in the UK, and Grace Lee, who is a director with KPMG in Australia, and also KPMG's Asia-Pacific Tax Automation Lead. Today, we're going to be discussing our experience as KPMG women leaders in tax transformation, technology and innovation. So I want to start off today's podcast with a little bit of a fun one. As a child, Grace, what did you want to be when you grew up? I actually wanted to open my own cafe, believe it or not. I imagined having a really cosy and inviting place where people can meet up with their friends and family over a nice cup of coffee. Oh, that sounds lovely. And I would have been there any time. Emily, how about you? I suspect that mine won't be met with quite such excitement because uh, sadly, I wanted to be an accountant. My brother perpetually laughed at me because I always put my pocket money on maths textbooks. And I, I soon learned the error of my ways when I went to uni and decided that not only would I like to be an accountant, I'd like to be a tax advisor. I, I might be on your brother's side here. But having said that, you've had the last laugh because you've actually achieved your childhood goals there. Personally, growing up, I don't think I really had a specific career in mind. I pretty much changed it every year. The fact that I've been in sort of the tax innovation space for the last, and I'm not going to give you the number of years, it's too many, really is quite impressive given I'm pretty sure I still want to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. But if we think about that, Grace, owning your own cozy little cafe is very different to what you're doing today. Was there a certain person or circumstance that made you want to shift away from cafe ownership and into digital transformation of tax? Well, when I was starting to pick my uni degree, I figured if I were to open a cafe, I should probably do a commerce or business degree of some sort. I did that and somehow I ended up specialising as an indirect tax advisor for many, many years before transitioning into digital transformation. I think the pivotal turning point for me was during my secondment to Hong Kong, where my mentor, who was also the ASPAC indirect tax lead at the time, also had the title as the head of tax technology of China. And I was given the opportunity to work with IT specialists to help develop tax solutions and thinking of ways to improve the tax function through technology, which has kind of led me down the path of my current role. Sounds like you had a really interesting secondment opportunity there. Emily, you mentioned that you saw the error of your ways and moved into the tax space after you went to university. Tell us more about that discovery. Right. It's fair to say I've never really considered specialising in tax or probably really thought about tax at all when I went to uni at 18. But my tax lecturer was by far the most interesting and human of all of them. So I figured that all tax professionals must be like that and that would be the way to go. 
So I, as a result, I joined KPMG directly as a, as a grad into the tax practice and we're super fortunate actually to be able to move around into lots of different roles within tax since then. And as a result, my area of focus now, having come back to KPMG after a stint in industry, is, is on operating models for tax. And fundamentally, digital transformation has to play a massive part in that with tax authorities and the world companies kind of are operating in changing daily tax functions have to be part of the, the digital transformation to keep up so for me it's just a massive part of, of what we do looking at operating models. Interesting I, I definitely empathize with your your area of not really knowing what tax was all about at all I mean I went to university and studied physics and maths but figured given I really couldn't stand physics going to be a rocket scientist was a super terrible idea so I started looking at sort of big four professional services firms and ended up in tax, given the choice of that I was given, which was be an auditor and live in the back of your car or have this specific desk and phone for being tax. That was my choice at the time. But then in 2008, I was given this opportunity to move to Canada. So Grace, very similar to you, given the opportunity to see something different and do something different. And that moved me down the path of process improvement, technology, automation, and going from there to where I am now just took a lot of hard work and kind of going with the flow a little bit and seeing what was out there and what the opportunities were. So if we if we take a slightly different topic for a, for a little bit, we keep seeing inequalities evident across digital skill sets. And even when it comes to access to technologies, with women frequently being left behind as the result of the digital gender divide. What, in your opinion, can an employer or company do to make a career in digital, not just in tax, but across all areas, more accessible to everyone? I can take this first. I think one of the things is making sure there is gender equality right from the beginning at the roles and recruitment process. So, you know, throughout the recruitment process, ensure that women are present throughout each step to help prevent things like unconscious bias. And, you know, guarantee the job description, roles and responsibilities are peer reviewed by women, set targets for the number of women candidates, and again, ensure there is adequate women representation in the interview panel. The second thing I would say is provide greater access to training in technology through flexible drop-in sessions or online recorded training. I know I definitely benefited from that in KPMG. And I think that provides women and even all employees the opportunity to expand their knowledge to see for themselves whether a career in digital is a field that they want to grow in. Yeah, I think, you know, to Grace's point, I think there has to be a ubiquitous commitment to gender equality in these roles because it's probably not going to happen by accident at least in the immediate future and and if we look at it objectively not only is it the right solution for the general population but it's the right solution for business too women are making up a greater proportion of the workforce and we move towards a more digitized workforce women have to fill those roles and I think one way to broaden the, the hiring pool is to look at recruiting skill sets that show an ability to move and grow into the roles rather than a focus on specific degrees like maybe employers have previously when I was looking into into it a little bit before the podcast it looks like research suggests that more than 80 percent of the grads with technology type degree backgrounds are male so either we have to change that statistic or we have to look at different qualities for hire 
those are super interesting perspectives. I love I love what you said, Grace, around the flexibility of sort of drop-in sessions or online recorded training. It really speaks to all of those competing roles that women have and then making sure that women are visible across all of those levels. And, and Emily, those skill sets are critical. I think the one that, that struck me is what you said there about the 80% of grads being male. That really speaks to having to start earlier. Like we need to start as as children almost to get to the right level at this point. And I think that that really is key, is encouraging girls and women to be curious about what's out there and not stick to those profiles and expectations from the beginning and really look to design their careers that they want rather than what they think those around them want for them. It includes it taking the time to explore their interests and be curious about technology. I love how there's so many sort of coding classes for children now. We just need to get more girls interested in those. So I think there are some great ideas there and it would be great to get those built in from the outset. If we were to take that a little bit further, Catalyst, a nonprofit organisation that, that has the mission of accelerating progress for women really through workplace inclusion, found that men continue to dominate the science, technology, engineering and mathematics, so STEM workforce globally, especially at the highest levels. So that really leads on, Emily, from that research you found around the graduates. As a leader within the space, what do you think can be done to help in achieving gender equality and the empowerment of all women in the digital age? Maybe, Emily, given given your research in this area, you can take this one first. So, I mean, to your point, Susie, really, it's around a focus on it earlier and, and how do we change the, the graduate type statistics. But in the meantime, the only way we can really do it at the moment, I think, is is the conscious effort to ensure equality through the recruitment and selection process. And supporting the efforts of companies like Catalyst is obviously also a, a huge part of it. I agree with both what Emily and Susie have said. I think, you know, me, myself, I didn't have access to the STEM programs at a young age. So I really think it is important to give the younger generation equal access to the STEM programs to start picking the interest throughout secondary, tertiary education and continue into the workplace. Susie, it's interesting that you mentioned coding because my nephews, who are four and five years old, already learning how to do simple coding, something I surely didn't have exposure to as a kid. But I think it's something that I would encourage my daughter to look into. I love that your nephews are doing coding. That's that's awesome. They'll be building the computer games of the future. I'm sure of it. You might want to sort of start investing in them now. Be that super cool aunt now so that they can keep you keep you good in your old age. For me personally, I would say that we also need to all be aware of our biases, not just sort of being super conscious about having the effort to ensure equality that you mentioned, Emily, which I think is great, but also at least being aware of our unconscious biases. So often, even as a woman, we unconsciously see STEM as a male career path. Even even being in STEM, we see STEM as a male career path. And really being aware of these can help us just ensure that we think things through and we don't continue to perpetuate them. I mean, working in this space, as as I'm sure you can both empathise with, can be very trying at times. 
and I'm sure both Emily and Grace you've had times where you doubted yourself or met situations that were new different or even uncomfortable tell me about a time that you were put to the test how did you overcome it and what lessons learned have you taken away from it that other women might benefit from hearing Grace I don't know maybe you can take this away yeah sure I don't think it was a specific incident or time. I think for me, it was a mental challenge. When I first started in the digital transformation space, I often felt like an imposter or what you know some refer to as an imposter syndrome. I felt that way because I didn't have a background in technology and I had no prior training. But what I quickly learned is you don't have to be a programmer or an IT specialist to affect change. What makes me effective in my role is my years of experience, understanding clients' challenges in the tax process and my ability to understand the capability of technology um, and how it can make it better for them. In saying that, I did recently complete a diploma in data analytics because that is a topic I'm particularly interested in and wanted to upskill in. So in short, the lesson learned for me is really just to have more confidence that you actually have what it takes. You just might not have had the opportunity to showcase it, which is something I think some women struggle with, like to recognise their own abilities and be confident about it. Similarly to Grace, I don't have a technology background myself. For me, the key is that I know that I'm surrounded by people that have different skill sets. And so I can bring to engagement all of the experience that I've got with wider transformation projects and target operating model design to navigate the technology projects and how to deliver them. But I can also draw down on you know, the tech expertise that we have around us. So I think the key for me is not being afraid to ask for help when a concept's new, but then making sure that you learn from it and then take that experience into the new project. And actually, it's super interesting, Grace, that you mentioned imposter syndrome, because actually I was on a, a call yesterday where we had to talk about imposter syndrome and a really interesting piece of advice that I think I will take with me was the, the guy that was talking about it said, the funny thing about imposter syndrome is that actually, even if you don't believe that you can do the job at any given time, somebody somewhere did. Somebody recruited you into your role and they have got confidence that you can do it. So in any moment when you've got imposter syndrome, remember that. And I actually that is something that I will certainly take with me. Wow, Emily, that's a really powerful thing to hear on a call. And that that does strike a, a bit of a chord. And I, I would agree with both of you that that sort of feeling that you don't belong, that you don't have the skills and that constant need to prove yourself as a woman can be very very difficult and I know I know as I was coming up through my career I kept taking on more and more just to prove that I was as good as my generally male counterparts and I would say that I didn't learn the lessons I needed to learn until it was too late and I actually had to take a year off work on a sabbatical to to just get away because it just got too much I, I would say the lessons I did learn coming back are exactly what you guys have just mentioned. There, there is someone there that believes in you. They hired you in the first place. Asking for help so frequently, I felt anyway, was was a sign of weakness. But actually having the courage to ask for help is a strength. So really being there. And then I would say also making sure that you have the right 
people around you to support you, mentor you and coach you is, is key because it gives you that different perspective and keeps you grounded, which through tough times can really, really help. And on that note, I find it's really interesting sometimes to take that step back and think about how those around us view our roles in this space. So in a word or two, I'd love to hear what your friends and family and loved ones think about your current role in the technology and innovation space. Yeah, and I think for me, I'm not sure they could fully necessarily put their fingers on what it is that I do. And I'm not totally sure that I could either. But they're undoubtedly proud of what I've achieved being in a leadership role at, at KPMG. It's fair to say that my brother certainly isn't laughing now. And in fact, he tells anyone that will listen about me. And I've been put in charge of being chief maths educator of my two young nephews, which I don't think is going to make me the super cool auntie that you referenced earlier, Susie, but we'll see how we go. I think I'm the same. I'm not sure my friends fully understand what I do, but those who are close enough and like my husband, I would say two words would be surprised and proud. Surprised that I ended up in technology and so proud of what I've achieved in my role. Nice. I I like that. And super cool aunt can come in so many different formats, Emily. So I, I wouldn't worry. I think proud is a lovely one to hear, particularly from your family, because it really gives you a feeling of achievement. While you're, while neither of you are sure what your family think of what you do, I'm 100% convinced my mum has absolutely no idea because she once described it as glamorous. And I'm not sure glamorous is a word that goes with tax technology. So I know she doesn't know what, what I do. But I would say that they are definitely surprised that I've gone into this space and that I've got to this point. And some of the the discussions we have do lead to very interesting conversations. At the core of our KPMG values, and of course, vital to our purpose, is KPMG's commitment to gender equality. What actions do you take, and we'll start with you, Emily, to really help push forward this commitment? We're all super busy and Susie, you mentioned it earlier, you know, sometimes these roles can be trying. Um, but I've made a point, I think, to to try and make myself available and approachable for others that are thinking about moving into similar roles to talk to. And I've been honest about the ups and equally the, the the lows of the the role as it is. If I look at my own career, I was very fortunate quite early on in my career to work really closely with a particularly strong female leader. Um, And I continue to use her as a sounding board today. And she genuinely couldn't have had a bigger impact on my career and the direction of travel. If I'm honest, I'm not sure I'll reach those dizzy heights, but I'd be delighted to be that for somebody in the future. So for me, it's all about kind of making time and I will always happily make time to, to talk to people about it. I think it's also absolutely worth noting that by no means has everyone that's had an impact on my career been female. We're also super fortunate at KPMG that we're surrounded by lots of male leaders that do support and push us forward too. I think very similar to Emily, what has been most impactful to me in my career in digital transformation is seeing and working with women in senior management positions across KPMG like yourselves. And also to your point, Emily, I've been also surrounded by male leaders who are very supportive of promoting women to more senior roles. And I see, you know, ourselves as role models for emerging women leaders and Myself, as I've progressed in my career, I hope to continue mentoring women in their pursuit in tax technology and transformation. 
I fully agree with both of you that the importance of a strong mentor and role model is is fundamental to really getting women out there back to the points that were made earlier around women being visible the flexibility really having the ability to see yourself in that role I know sort of when I was coming up through professional services the number of times I heard other women in the group say well I don't want to be that super busy like that partner or I don't want to be like that so the the importance of being a role model and being available for your teams to support them through the process is is critical the other thing I would say which aligns sort of with what you were both saying as well is being authentic in all my interactions with the team so that they can really see that this is something that's real and it's not something that they can never achieve so I think those are the the couple of things I would say and and I took it one step further last year and got myself some coaching qualifications so that I'm better armed with some of those open-ended questions and listening techniques so that I can really help drive some of my ability to help and assist and support um, my team and those around me as well. So it's been really great to chat with you both and hear your thoughts around women in this space. And I'd love to end with just a single piece of advice that you would give the next generation of female leaders within the tech technology and transformation space within tax? Sure. So for me, I would just say, and I say just, it's not that simple, but find an employer that allows you to be inquisitive and try different things. I think if you don't have to find a brand new job and a brand new employer every time you want to try something new, you get an awful lot more chances to try different things until you find what's right for you. Yeah, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. Don't be afraid to give it a go. I know that's what I did and I'm very happy with where I've ended today although it's not a cafe, but I'm still very happy. There's nothing stopping you getting that cafe still, Grace. It's it's still possible. I, I love Don't Be Afraid to Give It A Go. It's something I grew up with was feel the fear and do it anyway. I think those are both great points to leave our listeners with. I think I'd highlight both of those, really being inquisitive and try new things and, and don't be afraid to give it a go. I would say, yeah, be courageous, be curious. And I think what we've mentioned several times is really find yourself someone that you can consider a mentor to help and support you through your journey. A big thank you to all who participated in today's episode. We hope you'll join us again and please email us with any questions you have about today's episode at tax at kpmg.com. We'd also love to hear from you with any suggestions you have for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.